Hello, hello, hello. What were you watching? Uh, Instagram videos, I think. No, I Mine? heard. I heard it's beginning to look a lot. You Someone want... was singing a parody of "It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas" to a bunch of clips of people hating the snow. But it was "It's beginning to look a lot like fuck this. I hate the cold." Because <laughs> there's there's just like. That really horrible, snowy, windy, you know. You mean the best weather ever, ever? The the beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous, gracious, gracious, bone-chilling wind and ice and snow? Mm. Yeah, that. Yeah, send those people to Miami for Christmas. Let's see how much they like it. Ugh, I know. I don't know how people in Florida have things or have a Christmas. Or even in Australia, because it's summer. Sorry, I was leaning off a mic so I could belch. Isn't that weird, though? What, that it's uh, the opposite season south of the equator? Not that it's, that's, that's not weird, but the fact that, you know, you sing like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, it's summer. Yeah, I mean, they really should get rid of that song because it's alienating. It makes people south of the equator feel bad. Yeah. Even people in the south of this country, the people who mm -hmm. live in Tucson, Arizona, for example, while it does get cold there, I don't know if it snows often. I don't think so. And, uh, you know, these people feel left out. They feel, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my life? Mm -hmm. And that I can't have a white Christmas. So I think that song... You know, very northeast centric and problematic to say the it's least. Problematic. <laughs> so that's probably a song that we should get rid of. Yeah, I think so too. I really wish that um, we didn't have work the rest of the this week. I don't want to. I don't want to go to work. What your? Uh, what do you have? You have twelve hours of work. I know. I just don't want to. You, you don't even have that. You have nine hours of work. <laughs> Maybe it's. Uh, you have the equivalent ten. of one it's day. Ten hours. Yeah, a person's one single day of work spread over. Yeah, I know. Three days, and you're complaining. I don't want to. I'm not really complaining. I'm just. <sighs> I'm also yawning. Maybe get some caffeine. I think you're complaining. You're a bit spoiled. Well, everything becomes work at some point. I mean, the amount of money that you make, if we just base it on the number of hours you make, not so bad. No, mm -mm. It's but, not bad at all. But the fact it's tied to a top-rated show and there's no money, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Listen, I have no cause co for complaints, but... But I will complain anyway. I have senioritis a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be cool to, like, just not have to work the rest of the week. That'd be fun. I'm only working Monday and Tuesday. Why aren't you working Wednesday? We're not working Wednesday. 
Oh, so so you have you have six hours of work. It's eight, I think, because if you do, because we do the podcast on those two days. Okay, it's thirty extra minutes <laughs> per day. <laughs> I know it's nine to one, basically, every day for two days. What a spoiled wench! I know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> How would you fare in an actual job? Please, I've had millions of jobs where I've actually worked. Don't treat don't act like I haven't had real jobs. What were these jobs? Every fucking job that I had before was a normal <laughs> job. I worked at a law firm in a mailroom. I uh worked at the grocery store. I worked at a pizza place. I worked at the wallpaper store. I worked at you need to go back and listen to my to our um I know that I jobs episode. I know these places you've worked, but offices. I've worked in offices. I'm just thinking of like an actual adult job. Waiter, uh, please! I busted my ass as a waitress. Sure, I'm not Work, claiming that that's working not working long hours on your feet. Yeah, I did not say that. That's not difficult work. Yeah, but so I would fare just fine. But your responsibility is pretty focused. Doesn't make it easy. But it's pretty focused. Yeah. But if you had some job where it was a bit more uh, amorphous, like you have a job duty that's expansive and there's multiple things to juggle when you were working, you know, eight, nine, ten hours a yeah. day. I'm just, I'm just wondering how that would go down. I, w- I taught English. as I taught adults English. I had many responsibilities. Okay. Well, it's just weird that you're talking to, like, you're treating me like um, I've never had a real job. I didn't say that. I'm asking. I'm asking. You didn't, but you're like, <laughs> I wonder how you'd fare. <laughs> oh, you're taking it that way. You're adding all that in, this implied. Well, you said, I wonder how you'd fare in a real job. This is As implying that I would not do well in a real job. This implied messaging does not exist. You're, you then were what, adding what that were yourself. You... Then what were you saying when you asked, I wonder how, when you wondered how I would do in a real job? I was just thinking about you having this job now. Yeah. Not wanting to put in the six hours. And I was curious what the feeling would be if you had a current job that worked normal hours. That's all. I would probably complain then too and say, man, I wish I didn't have to work Monday and Tuesday, I wish, you know, that's all. But then if someone said, okay, you can just work six hours those two days. I'm like, cool, thank you. <laughs> so you're just reframing it for you, that's all. Ooh, you know, I don't need reframing. I wasn't s- saying that what I do is difficult work. I was just saying it would be cool to not have to do anything. Well, you would disappoint Eric. Monday's his favorite day <laughs> because it means it's a new work week. Yeah. Another week for him to be productive <laughs> says i i do kind of understand that thinking like it is weird to glorify a day of the week um like if you're trying to say oh i'm excited for the weekend so i can't wait for friday that's one thing but to always like put all of your money on friday uh and it making it like this very important thing feels flawed because then it makes Monday feel really bad. 
Well, you're just wishing away the days at that point and it becomes cyclical. Right. You're like, okay, yes. Well, I've wished away my week so I can have two days. Oh, these two days are over very quickly. Right, exactly. So it's pretty dumb to do that. And the cycle begins again. Yeah, that's why people- <sighs> Just uh, live your life. That's why people have vices and mm. addictions. It's all thrust on us. This is what you need to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Do it. If you don't yeah. do it, you're a bad person. And the next thing you know, the, the years have flown by. Mm -hmm. And you say, what the fuck? And then if you're lucky enough to do what you want to do and get your own radio show and work 15 hours a week, I know it's more <laughs> than that because of the podcast. And uh, then it's easy to say, you're all lazy. None of you want to work. It's time to work. That's all. Okay. That last part wasn't directed at you. I know. Everywhere you go. It's just one of my, I think that's one of my most favorite jokes in the world. The what? world's laziest man walks into a bar and says, Hey, why are you all so lazy? It's time to work. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> I don't get it. The world's laziest man walks into a radio station and says, hey, oh, why is ever oh, oh, that's, oh, all. Oh. That's, okay. all, that's all I'm saying. Because you said walk into a bar. I know. I was just putting it in a, the. Got it. Okay. In a joke format? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was telling you that was the reason I was bringing it up. Because yeah. at the end, you're like, okay, you were shutting down. I said, no, no, that wasn't directed at you. I wasn't shutting down. I just had a word to say. There's no more need to say anything else. I might grab something. Hold on a sec. Go grab something. My dick. Maybe the show will start while you're gone. Who knows? Autumn Fisher. I don't know if people got what you just did because I was planning on cutting all of that out <laughs> because I didn't know how to make it fit into <laughs> into any part of the show. And now you're introducing yourself it work. as uh, Fred Durst. You're introducing yourself in a Fred Durst-esque voice. But people... I just realized while we were talking that Fred Durst sounded like that when he was singing his songs. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. <laughs> He looks good now. He looks good yeah. in his older age. He's too skinny. Looks like Richard Gere. He only looks like Richard Gere because he has, like, moose in his hair. He has silver hair. <laughs> I don't want silver hair. I want gray hair. I don't want the sheen. There's a difference between silver mm, and gray. Like a matte gray. Yeah, so I would much prefer the matte. I don't want, I don't want high gloss. I don't want eggshell. I don't need any Navajo of that. white. I just want a mat. My name is okay. Greg Russ. I hadn't, I hadn't introduced myself yet. I have to clear my throat. No, Fred Durst. Yeah, do your Fred Durst impression while I turn on my microphone so I can clear my throat. And I'm Fred Durst, and I sit like this. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
And thank you for listening to this episode of One Topic. Be sure to buy our world-famous friends, world-famous <laughs> hot sauce. That's famous around the world. From the world-famous city of Chattanooga. Huh? What? Never heard of it. <laughs> That's not true. People know Chattanooga. I don't know if people really know Chattanooga outside of the South. What? what are, you, are you serious? You hear the siren? Me, no, there's a siren. Let me turn down my mic while do your impression again. Is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? Track 29. Come on and give me a shine. See? The hell is the Chattanooga choo-choo? It's a train. I know it's a and train. I think it's like what a hotel it now. Why is it so f- famous? <sighs> Was it because of the song? Why is the Chattanooga choo-choo? <laughs> There's no other context where you would call a train a choo-choo. Little was known <laughs> the about New Jersey the- choo-choo. Yeah, only after Glenn Miller's orchestra made the catchy song popular in the ni- 1940s did the name become world famous. The choo-choo. Chattanooga's terminal station was significant in its role of the train era with its track 29, but nobody, yeah, it's the song. So it was Come the on song. Give me a Why is Chattanooga famous? You click on that question, answer, it's yep. not. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn, just kidding. It says that it's uh, famous for the song, and that's the only reason that it's famous. It doesn't even have Rock City. Rock City's technically in Georgia, right? You go through Chattanooga back into yeah. Georgia to get to Rock City. I also don't understand Rock City. It's beautiful, natural creation. What? Rocks? Yeah. Cares. Fat Man Squeeze? Yeah, wow. I wonder if they've changed the name of the Fat Man Squeeze at Rock City. Um, Fat Man Squeeze sounds like a Bob Seger song. <laughs> what could the name be? Skinny Man's Passage? That way the onus is on being skinny and not fat? Or um, differently abled rock formation. <laughs> passage for only certain body sizes, not right or wrong. Other passage <laughs> around the corner. Yeah. No embarrassment. Um, squeeze, squeeze through here. If you believe enough, you can do it. Passage. <laughs> I I have to assume that they probably changed it. They must. Somebody I'm offended. I think but I'm fat. No, I, I think part of Rock City is there are some pretty things. There's a waterfall, and okay. but mostly it's a marketing ploy. Yeah, it's just that birdhouse or whatever with the. Well, that Rock was City that was the, that. I hate calling any marketing brilliant, so I will refrain from doing so because, you know, it, it's a lie. You're being you're not necessarily being lied to, but you're being manipulated and mm. uh, treated as someone who is gullible and persuadable to fall for something by another person who thinks that they've got the upper hand on you. I know how to do it. I know how to oh, okay. fool people into coming to my. But I mean, it was set up as a place that was sold meaning there's some cool things there i guess are they any different than things you could probably find elsewhere probably not but somebody said market this put it together we'll sell it and then that like you said that birdhouse thing really took off people love having the rock city birdhouses i didn't know what it was for a long time i think it started as like barn advertisements at first Barn advertisement? Yeah, they like would just purchase the barn. No, they would just paint it on the side of people's barns oh. and buildings on the side of the road, and then they they started selling those birdhouses. Strange. Look at this. So you Batman got sweet. you got the sign that depicts the states that are visible. 
you can see seven states, which apparently is another lie. I mean, oh, it is. If you look in any direction, sure, it's like okay, that state's over that way somewhere. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you do that from most places near borders of states? Yes. So that's why it's kind of a ridiculous. See, seven states. Right. Uh, they have the high falls of the Lookout Mountain. It's a man-made water. It's a man-made waterfall. Okay, it's not even natural. Wow, See, who gives a shit? The more we dig into this, the more that it comes to Batman light. Batman this... Squeeze was really just built by a fat guy. <laughs> uh, Rock City features prominently in the drama desk award-winning musical Sea Rock City and other destinations with books and lyrics by... There's a musical, apparently, what? based on... Man, rock. this is all leading back to music because we were talking about Chattanooga only being popular for that song. So there you go. Lookout Mountain. And then you have Ruby Falls, which is beautiful. Stuff like that. Maybe. And I don't feel like a cynical person, but. But maybe I am. I Maybe I am because things like that, like Ruby Falls or even going in museums and things. I'm always in there and I think I'm or I'm, I'm going to these things and I feel like I'm going to be interested. And then when I get there, I'm just like, all right, there it is. Ruby Falls impressed me. Granted, I was in fourth grade. And if I went back these days, maybe it wouldn't as much. But it impressed me because you had to kind of work to get there. Mm. You went down in this elevator to these caves and you had to walk through the caves. And then eventually you came into this cavern that they opened up. They just made up. you do that. You, <laughs> they just make you do it to feel more impressive. There's actually like a side entrance. You just walk right up to it. Possibly. That may, that may exist. But then you go yeah. into this dark cavern and you can tell that it opens up, but you can't really see it. And then... Uh, you know, the, the 2001 Space Odyssey theme plays and the lights light up and <laughs> then it reveals. Is that re- it really does? I think that's the song that played. Yes. Like. I think it was that or it was Ric Flair's entrance theme. <laughs> one of the two. It's Ric Flair's entrance theme. I'm having a hard time uh, remembering which one it was. Uh, Ric Flair entrance. Let's play this for you quickly. I know you're going to hate me because I'm probably going to get some kind of ad. Oh, yeah. Get better YouTube. Impossible. Never. No. Hate Refuse. Refuse to do so. Refuse. Well, it's trying to load. I love those packages now that you can get like from Hulu where it's like, okay, these are all the different things, right? Like you can get it with ads, without ads, without ads, plus Disney plus without ads plus Disney plus plus like Showtime and HBO. It's like, are we, is this just cable now? This is just cable. I'm getting Disney plus minus. That's the one with the commercials. <laughs> plus minus. <laughs> is it the same? It's the same. This is the, uh, I have no idea what Ric Flair's entrance. This is the again. same. So it's the same thing. This is Ric Flair's entrance theme. So it's the- okay. Interesting that he was Such just fanfare. Yeah, that he was just allowed to. What the hell? This is still going? Oh, there it is. Listen to those French horns. Then the lights come on, and there it is. Ruby. 
Fonts. <laughs> it's good. It's also funny that yeah. that I that uh, it was the exact same song in my mind. I was like, "It's Ric Flair had the uh, you know something like that." I can't remember exactly. Oh no, it was just <laughs> it the two thousand one Space Odyssey. <laughs> he was just <laughs> he was just using the same exact song. So is this what our show's about? Ruby Falls. <laughs> so far, roadside attractions. Look, there's a full yeah. tour. You can you can watch a video later. Oh, well, then Eric doesn't have to leave his basement. <laughs> I hate when he makes that argument. That he says, like, why would I go to Europe? I haven't seen the Grand Canyon. Or I could look it up online. I could look at it in a book. Yeah. No, you idiot. It's the journey. I'm with you, but. What? It's going places, know. smelling things. Touching things. No, that smelling there, listening, smelling things hearing. is no way to sell anything to him. Yeah. In the moment you mention that there are smells, mm. he's going to say he's out. So, so funny. You got to you got to leave that one out. It's not changing people's minds. Oh no, I'm I'm not trying to. But it I just is, don't like when he makes that argument. I I do think about how, not even before the internet, um, the internet has made the world smaller in the sense that you can go on Google street view and in mm. a lot of countries, they have a map, the whole world cause they can't some places like even Germany doesn't allow it. I don't think for privacy reasons. So there's not any street mapped, but you can go through and pick a random street and kind of get a feel of what the place is like. As you said, it's not like actually being there in any sense, but right. uh, it removes some of the mystery. If you were to travel and then you saw it for the first time with your own eyes, like you had built up an image in your mind and then you compare it. Does it match? Mm -hmm. How's it different? You've seen some of that. But even, you know, before that uh, smartphones, Internet. When traveling was a big deal, we can say that air travel was still around because that opened the world up for a lot of people and didn't make it smaller, but still was a big deal. It was expensive to fly. And right. to travel to foreign lands, like it really must have been something else. Yeah. Like, I'm just fucking far away from home. I'm just in this. Well, I feel place. like that even when I am within the U.S., I still feel like, oh, I'm so far from home. <laughs> Freaks me out a little bit. When you go where? What place? Anywhere. Anywhere. D.C.? That's like... No, <laughs> not that far. <laughs> not that close. Just even visiting Atlanta, I think, man, I'm really far. Yeah, I guess staying on the East Coast doesn't feel so far to me. Because it's not. It really isn't. You know, it's an hour and a half flight, which is nothing. But um, I don't know. It just makes me feel like if I were more prone to panic or something, I think that I could really work myself up into like a little tizzy. You know, just thinking about like how long it would take to get home. If there was an emergency, what would I do? How would I get home? If there was like the nuclear bomb goes off and my, you know, where do I go? How do I tell my family that where to meet? You know, like all weird, weird catastrophe. The, yeah. What is this? This doesn't match know. the uh, the person you've presented at all. This well, is, because this is I anxiety don't let myself and, go there. Yeah. I think about those things. Um, but I don't think I really thought about stuff like that until I had kids. And then, <clears throat> which is a huge part, you know, of postpartum is like catastrophizing. You know, like I would... Um, just be laying there at night and my brain would 
force me to think about me walking down the street with Ellie in my arms and some person coming up and snatching her out of my arms and slamming her on the ground like a football. And it would freak me out. It gives me like a pit in my stomach even now to think about it. And I think that's where it started, where I started like thinking in these like catastrophe, <laughs> these really horrible. Well, it's anxiety inducing <laughs> to be a parent because yeah. human children and babies are absolutely helpless, mm-hmm. pathetic little beings that can't do anything for themselves. If you gave birth and you left, you walked away the baby would die. It's not like a giraffe where five minutes later it's trotting around eating leaves off of a small tree. You know, a baby elephant playing with its siblings after <laughs> two minutes after being born. Right. It's uh, it's all on you to protect the life yeah. of that child. And that's a lot of responsibility. So yeah, that's when it started, I think. Absolutely helpless. But I don't make the reason why it's different than what I present is because I don't let myself go there and I have the ability to stop myself. Whereas I think people who are more anxious presenting (laughs) are going to not be able to stop themselves. They'll like spiral. I can understand. Yeah. In theory. Obviously, I don't have children, so I can't apply it. It's not a practice because when I think about traveling to Atlanta, And, you know, anytime you make the drive, you've driven from Atlanta to your home in Maryland before. When Mm -hmm. you can make the drive, it really connects places. And when you can do it in one day. Yeah. It's like, "Ah, okay, it's far, but it wasn't, it's not that far. And it is kind of strange that I started the day in Atlanta and I drove all the way to New York. Took 14 hours, but I'm here. It's a long, long drive. I hate that drive. Yeah. You know, strangely though, it's not as bad as say a five hour drive. I think when you're in it for that long your brain goes to a different place yeah because like when i would drive to you because it's like what is it four hours uh, with with traffic like three and a half but yes four depending on traffic four and to me i feel like four hours is not very long to drive when you're especially when you're talking about from georgia to new york but it's just long it's just a long enough short trip where i'm annoyed that i'm not there yet by like three hours i'm like ugh, another hour you know but if i was driving if i had like 10 hours to go i'd be like great three hours down (laughs) you know yeah um i forget what i was gonna say my mind completely went blank and maybe that's uh illustrative of where your mind goes when you're driving (laughs) For for 15, <laughs> 14 true. hours. You do kind of disassociate when you have to drive for that long. Because I just made that drive not that long ago. On the way down, yeah. I stopped in Richmond, Virginia and stayed at my friend's house and then uh, continued the journey the Dave? next day. Yes, Dave. The music guy. Yeah, the music guy from a few episodes ago. Yes. But, uh, Did he dr- listen to that episode? I told him about it. I don't know if he listened or not. Okay. Maybe. Possibly. Who knows? He's not supportive. Oh, okay. That's not true. I just, <laughs> just a lot of the times people are like, yeah, okay. You, did, I know you created something. I created something. I didn't watch yours. You didn't watch mine. That's not end. true though. Cause you watch his. I do watch his and I think he would yeah. listen. I think he's listened before and he probably listened to that one. I just don't know if he would say anything about it. Right. Okay. Anyway, so what were you saying? You were driving. But anyway, on the ride back, I just did it mm-hmm. straight. I just left at five 30 in the morning and then I got back. And it was fine. And it, it in the middle of it, you're like, ah, 
fuck, I got nine hours to go. But then the, the thoughts out of your head because you can't live there. You can't stay in that spot. Right. You'll go right. crazy. And it was the same thing when I took a 15-hour flight to Shanghai. It was not so bad. I don't know why. But see, that's the thing, though. But like a four-hour flight would probably be just short enough for you to be like, ugh. The four hours is worse because it's it's you're still thinking about it. It's not far right. enough and you get impatient. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying about weird short drives are sometimes worse than really long ones. Yeah, that's what that's anyway. what I was agreeing with is, is mm-hmm. they, they are worse. But I don't the only time I've ever felt, I guess, really far away is when you're on the other side of the world and everyone, you know, it's in the middle of the night for them and it's daytime yeah. for you. That's so you strange. feel even more removed, not just physically, but emotionally. <laughs> it's very strange. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. I'm really far away. But also the fact that it wasn't so hard to get to that spot on the complete opposite side of the earth. Yeah, that is crazy. You think, oh, this is it. Like I flew over. I mean, I, th- I flew around the earth once. In one direction, meaning we started in New York, we went to Portugal, then we went to Tokyo, then we went to L.A., drove to San Francisco, flew from San Francisco back to New York. So it was one direction and flew around the planet. Let's go. There it is. If it's round, of course, you know. (laughs) Yes, of course. It's it's funny. It's funny to think about that and how really we take that kind of thing for granted. Because that was something that was impossible for so much of human history. You know, just to like get around the planet. Yeah, if you wanted to get on a boat and sail, it was dangerous. There was no guarantee you'd survive. And it also took weeks, if not months, depending on where you were going. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the the getting lost in foreign locations is, is something that I feel like since the vo- the phone has come about, you're always in contact too, at least before the smartphone. Uh, even if you could get somewhere pretty quickly because of air travel, you were still more removed. Like you weren't talking to anyone. You're like I'm not paying the cost to call you. Mm-mm. So I'm just going to be gone. I'll send you a postcard. It doesn't guarantee that I'm alive or not because I could send it and die and you'd get the postcard <laughs> two weeks later <laughs> and you'd have no clue. <laughs> at that moment and even on a smaller level just sneaking off into a bar and disappearing and people not knowing where you are mm, like, i've never thought about that i'm gonna call someone i'm gonna call greg and then they call and it's just the answering machine at your home i'm like oh, okay i guess he'll give me a call back but now it's expected where are you why aren't you texting me back <laughs> it is crazy how <clears throat> um accessible we all are i hate it yeah I absolutely hate it. Yeah, sometimes I don't respond to a text right away. Uh, just because I think, let me just sit with this for a minute. I just don't feel like writing. You don't that. need to. What you need to do is turn on the read receipts so other people see that you read it and then not respond because people need to <laughs> fucking be trained that you don't need to respond. I know, but that hurts though. It doesn't hurt. It shouldn't hurt. That's the problem that it hurts that, oh, that person read it and they haven't responded immediately. Let them have time. Maybe they're in the middle of doing something. There's no obligation to respond at any. I know, but when you're slightly codependent, you think, "Are they mad at me? What did I do?" And then you start like having like a fake 
sort of rift between yeah, you. All the that shit you have is no idea is real or not. <laughs> all the shit is only added anxiety to the world. It's not True. taken away from it. Being in more contact, ease of contact. I'm sure there were anxious people before when you couldn't get a hold of someone. Uh, it probably took a day at least until you started getting worried about it. Though. Right. Like I called. They didn't, he didn't answer. He's not home. Okay. And then a day goes by. Like, that's strange. I mm -hmm. usually would have heard back by now. But, you know, now that it's all immediate, it's really stirred the anxiety to the point where it's constantly flowing. Well, and we don't, um, I don't think that, you know, we're sort of taught how to set up, recognize and set up boundaries for ourselves, you know, because especially I don't I mean for men I think it's a little bit easier to sort of state what you want but men aren't always so good at knowing how to access what they truly want and women have difficulty uh, creating boundaries because they're perceived as like a bitch you know for not just being like open and available and pliable and flexible like water well, there, there's no official boundaries that have been set for this new everything. But that's the thing. If we were more comfortable with knowing what our boundaries are and then being able to express them and ask for them, then we would be able to like have the read receipt on and the other person not be upset that they read it and haven't responded. Yes. I'm just thinking back to when I was talking about how people just had house phones mm. and, you know, I, I sure that the people before telephones were a thing or even before the answering machine was a thing when you didn't know a person called. So then suddenly you had the answering machine and there probably was this whole thing where I left a message. Why didn't you call me back? Yeah. Yeah. A new obligation comes into play. Um, and, you know, people need to adjust accordingly and whether or not they set boundaries, I don't know. But it does seem like more often than not, people just go with the flow of things and the boundaries are created naturally, dependent on how ease of access is. <laughs> and so uh, we are at a point where instead of people setting boundaries, it's just been created for us. Like you're supposed to. You're supposed to respond. Right. I, I know that you look at the phone. So I know that you saw this. Yes, that's true. So you should have responded right away. It's like, uh, I, there's no going back, obviously. I mean, if I've asked a question and I need a response and the person has their read receipts on and they've seen it and they don't answer me, I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Answer me. I need to know this information. Yeah, that's fair. If it's a timely, if it's a thing that needs a timely response. Yeah. What the fuck's our topic, by the way? Is this our topic? <laughs> this was not our topic. I don't even know what this topic is because we talked about roadside attractions to begin. Yeah. We can talk about uh, what we are meant to talk about, which I still think would be interesting. I mean, it ties into, I guess. Boundaries. Well, reaching other. Expectations. Yeah. <clears throat> everything lives on. I was going to say it ties into the phone, but everything lives on the fucking phone these days. I wish, I wish, <sighs> I, I wish there were a way back. There's no way back. I mean, even think about that question that you had, this hypothetical you presented at some point in your life you would have had to just answer that question on your own and made a decision because the person wouldn't have been accessible. What a nice oh, time. What a yeah. better time. What a time when it's like, hey, let's meet up at 6 p.m. on Tuesday at this place and you Does show up. Does that work for you? You're like, yeah, and you hope that they show up. <laughs> and if, and, and if <laughs> you know, if they're late, you got to give it some time. Like, how much time do you give the person to show up? 
I think being, I would, there was always people, there were always people who were late, I would assume. And you had your friend, you're like, okay, we said six. They're not going to show up till 630. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do feel as though I bet on time arrivals have fallen since since uh, text messaging and cell phones. Because now it's a Why? Because because you can send the message. I'm running late. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, there used to be at least a, a I don't want to call it uh, like a complete social contract, but there used to be uh, a burden of sorts for you to carry. Like a, a week, we said six o'clock and there's no way for me to tell this person that I'm going to be late unless you know where they are and you could call like the restaurant. The restaurant. Rest- and then they bring you the phone. <laughs> yeah. They Or they call you up to the front, like to the hostess stand so you can like answer the phone. Yeah, I guess it is. It was a social contract of sorts. I didn't. I did. I hesitated in saying that as I didn't want to make it sound so official. But you know, it was a thing. You had a, you created the little contract with the person. We'll be there at this time. And well, I, that's just decency. That's yeah. just working something out with someone and then saying you'll do something and then yeah, I feel like needing you, to follow through. I would have been the kind of person that's like, hey, I told them I got to get there. I don't want them sitting there worrying, wondering or yeah. I don't understand people that are always late being late and being too early are offensive (laughs) i don't find being too early offensive i do get out of here i'm not ready for you don't come early what do you unless i've asked you to come early and help oh well you're talking about someone shows up at your house sure that's a different thing they're invading your personal space at that point yeah but you mean like meeting someone out somewhere yeah or like when i that doesn't matter yeah when i go to the airport i get there fucking early because i don't like the stress that being late creates that's what my parents do. They'll go to the uh, airport like three hours before boarding. Well, I don't want to get through that early because it's boring, but I would much rather get to the airport, get through security and have an hour before boarding than be stressed about the security line and getting to my gate because the mm. boarding is starting in 20 minutes. I just always think, I don't know, I'm pretty good at planning timing. I get places on time. There was something for a while where someone was trying to accuse me of like not being timely and that I was showing up places on time. And like, wow, you're here. Like, what? like, what are you talking about? I'm always on time. I don't know where that came from. It really offended me. I'm thinking. I know that I know there's been several pauses in this show for my end, but it's not that I'm not paying attention. I just I'm deep in thought, Autumn. OK, I'm deep in thought. Do you want to talk about the real topic? Well, I was thinking about you being on time or late, and I don't really, for whatever reason, have any points of reference, even though I should, which means... I don't I don't think you should, because it's never been an issue, because I've I'm Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I haven't thought about, so therefore, it's never been a thing that I I mean, I've been me. stuck in traffic and stuff, but I've always, like, I, I'm if I'm late up to a place, it's because of some extenuating circumstance. It has nothing to do with, like, I just didn't leave the house on time, you know? People I, I, that just like hang out and don't leave. I still, you know, going to a movie, for example, especially now that you have assigned seats, so you don't need to get there early because you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about being stuck in the front row. Um, I still don't like being too late. I don't really care about seeing the trailers. I like to be settled before they start, but I don't care. I do too. If, if I miss, because it's dark. Yeah, I don't mind it if I'm a little late, but I still the the plan is to be there before and. 
And that's not difficult. Will, that's not a difficult thing to, to figure out and do. No, I will get to the movie theater early though, because you know, taking the train here, the the moment I'm pushing it to the exact amount of time it would take if everything went a, accordingly and the way it right. should, that's the time that things break down or somebody pulls the emergency brake on the train, <laughs> right? <and> stalls <laughs> that. So you know, more often than not, I'm at the movie theater 20 minutes early and have to sit there and watch all the fucking new V ads. <sighs> no, and. Like the bad trivia questions, like yeah, that's all part of the Mrs. Movie. Doubtfire was played by what comedian? Yeah, that's uh, I I don't necessarily enjoy that, but it's it is nicer to be there, not the Coke the commercials. Wow, hi, they stopped Why? us. They stopped us. They did the Coke Young <gasps> Filmmaker series. Yeah, where they made commercials for Coca Cola, but they called it a film. God, those were so. stupid. Stupid. I know, but I always felt bad for the kids because it was always these kids. I mean, not small kids, but like college kids. Yeah. Who got some big break where like they got funding to Yeah, make what a, was their commercial? It was like someone sat down next to somebody else and they sat down next to somebody else and then this happened. Like, and then their hands touched and they fell in love because that's what the movies do. Yeah. I would always take off my glasses and plug my ears and hum <laughs> whenever those because people in the audience would scoff at those and laugh and I mock. Did. I scoff. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's not worthy of those reactions, but I just, you know, I think of a person who got that and was excited. Like, hey. To me, I feel like those people aren't real, though. I feel like they were hired by Coke. Oh, they They're were, actors they were real. playing They were stupid kids. kids. They're kids who wanted to make films, and they thought that somehow this would, you know, they entered some contest, and they got some funding, and they were able to See, make something. See, I don't believe that, that. I think that's the, you fell for that. that that's not, <laughs> no. See. For sure. I'm not cynical. <laughs> I am pretty cynical, I guess. No, I don't think I'm cynical. I'm just, I'm just aware. You always have, you always have people who are going to do things like that. I wouldn't, I would never enter a contest like that. Yeah. But there are people who will, there's plenty of people to do it. And then they're proud of their work as lame as it is that they got fooled into making a Coca-Cola commercial. (laughs) And then they have a whole theater filled with people laughing at them. I don't like it. Okay. So I take off my glasses and plug my ears and hum until it's over. I'm sure the people around you loved that. The fuck's the topic? The topic is I'm not sure. Is um the t- you just wanted to shit on a person for putting up this twerking video. That's what the topic no, was. No, that's not true. So <laughs> that's what's what the and I'm not saying that I didn't, that's no, wrong. no, no. I don't want to shit on that person. What I want to do is understand why this person so- Yes. Would put up a twerking video. Like the video. They were really twerking. They were just dancing. No, the whole video was the person dancing with their ass towards the camera. Yeah, but not twerking. Pointing at the camera. There was a little bit of twerking. I think that was just on accident. Well, whatever. It was a strange video to post. Yes. And I really respect, I really like this person. I respect her. And I just thought it was, I re, I was, I reacted to it as like, what is this? Uh, and I, I was confused and I was a little like intrinsically embarrassed. Um, and then I, you and I were talking about it and you brought up some points. And then I started to think about my own reasons why I post things and, you know, where, what is the difference and why, why would one form of what someone chooses to post? Why would I judge that? And what am I doing? it for? Do you know what I mean? I just wanted to understand more about that talk about it why do we post things uh, has this not been explored extensively why is people love it 
They they love the. I know, but we aren't people. I feel like <laughs> we are not the idiot masses, and yet I still participate in the same things that the idiot masses participate in. However, I feel like I do it on some like for some better reason, even though maybe I don't. Maybe I'm doing it for the same reasons they are. It's all the same reason. You would just want someone to acknowledge your you ultimately. Mm. It could be your work. You could post things, but it's just a desire for acknowledgement. That's all the whole thing is. The end. Chattanooga I don't know if it's about acknowledgement. You think it's acknowledgement? Yes. What else is it? You want people to say, hey, look at this thing that was posted and you want a reaction. You want to be acknowledged. You want people to see you. Well, because what I was thinking was uh, I, I when we were texting about it, I was trying to think, why do I post things and what do I post about? And typically what I post has to do with involving myself in a community or signaling that I'm part of a community, you know? So like I carved a pumpkin, you know, that looked like Kit Boga, you know, in his Edna wig, um, wearing sunglasses and his eyebrow raised because that's kind of like his little logo sometimes. And I felt I went on the Kit Boga Reddit and I posted it there and then I posted it on Instagram. And what kind of reaction did you get? People like people it. People thought it was cool, yeah. How many how many upvotes did you get on Reddit? I don't know. How many comments on the thread? Should I look and see? I'm just curious. And this isn't Because I don't know. It's hard to break out. Like if it's an active subreddit, then it's hard to it get is. out of the new posts to become one of the hot posts or the best of oh i don't think it was a hot i don't think it ever got to like a hot post <laughs> it's a difficult thing um, to do but you know why wouldn't carving that pumpkin oh it got 48 upvotes yeah that's good is it okay. how many members are in this community uh oops 30 is that low i mean that's fine Okay. There are obviously huge subreddits, but this is a highly specialized one. I think it's a pretty good <laughs> sized community. Yeah. And then to get 48 if you, or 46 or whatever, that was pretty good. I feel good about that. But, but you wanted why? more you wanted more out of it. That's why because carving the pumpkin for yourself wasn't enough. And I always think that it's um me being an only child is that like I need to be seen. Well, not need. I enjoy getting praise and being seen, you know? So I want, I want to show someone something that I've done and it makes me feel good to he hear them uh, say that it's good. <laughs> it's nice to be acknowledged. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that word. There's acknowledgement. It's nice okay. for someone to say, Oh, cool. Nice pumpkin there. But you know, going back to our earlier conversation, I was just, even with texting and everyone's constantly connected, there was a mm. time in life where you'd had no outlet for this. You would carve it. Your neighbors would see it. You'd take a picture and put it in the photo album. Right. And, and then no one would know. People around here, the, even the, even like this, this, even on Reddit, it's still a subgenre of content, right? And so it's going to be even less likely for people in my neighborhood to know what that pumpkin meant. Exactly. It's still, to me, 
you know, I'm trying not to be too negative about it. There's the nice side of it where there is easy access to groups of people who are like minded mm-hmm. and have the same interests. And then you can have right because you could be around people in your real life that think that what you're interested in is stupid or boring or dorky. Yes, to the extreme. But then you have a yeah to the extreme. It gives people outsized voices, like minority, like small groups. I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about uh, people minority minorities. I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm talking about (laughs) groups of small people who have views or beliefs that aren't quite so big. Let's say there's you know, 1% of the people in this country believe a certain thing. And there's a country of 330 million people. So what's 1% of that? Like 1% of 100 million is a million people. So we're talking about 3 million people. Okay. So 1% is not huge. 3 million people spread out, not that much. You know, but you give them a, a forum and a place where all those voices fucking come together. And then suddenly becomes uh, a bit more powerful. So that's the extreme side of it. You know, having a little forum about uh, this person who I can't remember whose face you carved into a pumpkin. Kit Boga. Yeah. Who's this? Kit Boga is the um, YouTuber that I watch that scams scammers <laughs> oh, yeah. that I love. Okay. That's right. <laughs> and just the fact that, and look, it's nice that there's a community for the scammer of scammers. Mm-hmm. He's so great. You would honestly, okay. Greg, you know how you liked when Gordon Ramsay cut the donut in half and gave it to the host of uh, Hot Ones? Yeah, it was nice. You just like that he was. Yeah. Kit Boga has that sort of feeling woven into so many of his videos where he like really does care. There's too much content, though. I don't. And he's I, so I don't. sweet. Don't have time to watch all of this. Actually, I do. He's have like plenty he's of very time. upset, like that that these people do this for a living, you know, and like are scamming grandmas. And I don't know. It's just, I just love him. I have plenty of time, I guess, to watch these things. But uh, you would like it. It seems like once you go and you drown, there's too much content to to sift through. There's not. But anyway, it's nice to have a community. In the past, if you liked me, in the past, this then person you would. <laughs> In the past, this person wouldn't even have their face carved on a pumpkin because they wouldn't exist. But, you know, people had their interests with their authors or their movie stars, whatever the fuck they liked. And mm-hmm. you would get fan groups that had to, you know, write each other by mail. Uh, join the fan group. And they would send you a bad sandpaper type T-shirt. Uh, and it was Extra large. It was a bit more work to connect with the people. And having that connection is, you know, not a bad thing. It's yeah. become... So niche, I guess, is the word. <laughs> like you can well, you find know what's... groups for fucking everything now. Yeah, and... that's true. What I think is interesting is what you were saying about what it were acknowledgement. And then I think when we were texting about it previously, I think you talked about how truly disconnected we all are really. You know, and maybe that's why people post content that feels embarrassing or feels pointless is because there's something missing in the way that we've structured our society. You know, we don't where people don't. I know this sounds like old man cliche, but like people don't know their neighbors or they do. But some, you know, it's like, "Mm." 
people avoid each other. Um, people are shitty online. There doesn't seem to be any um, urge for connection uh, to people with people that think differently than you or any type of like understanding that you try and give anyone else that they think differently than you do. And maybe, maybe we've set things up poorly, you know? So, so something like a bad TikTok video is, sounds like a good idea. You know, you're like, this is the way that I'll reach out in a way to say like, Hey, I'm here and I exist. Is it too much though? Do people need too much of this acknowledgement? But why, if, if that's, if that's true, why do they need too much? I mean, you Is think it because about they don't have enough. They're like empty in some way. You think about the past and the way people lived and especially, you know, women who are expected to stay at home and raise kids and clean and cook. And obviously we're talking about a very specific period of time here. But I think over the course of history, women, for the most part, didn't have much flexibility to fall outside of the roles that were set forth for them. Mm-hmm. And people just did what they were supposed to do. And there was zero fulfillment or minimal fulfillment and probably not a lot of acknowledgement. And, you know, I'm not saying that's right. And, uh, you know, the moment anyone was given an opportunity to receive acknowledgement or feel as though they fit in somewhere or found a community where they were comfortable being themselves, that's, you know, highly appealing and so to build on what you're saying, uh, every group of people probably felt like this to an extent. I, you know, I do think that probably small villages in third world countries probably do feel more connected and understood than people in our society today. So it very well is part of the structure of things. Um, well, it, dep- it depends because there are plenty of people who used to feel sort of m- more isolated that the the community that they've found online makes them feel less like we were saying, like that they're not alone and that they aren't weird and that there are people just like them. So that's good. That's important. But, you know, even in the past, when you're talking about like women's roles, they're still there still was, I think, more of a connection between humans in part, like, like um, in in real life. Like, they would see the same people all the time. They would, um, like, like you were talking about, like in the villages. You know what I mean? Like, there was, there was. I think, I think that people were seeing and interacting with each other way more, and we don't do that as much, I guess. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that uh, has been going on for years. The society has become a little more impersonal. Yeah. Thanks, Industrial Revolution. <laughs> but that was a big... Thanks That was no, That was a big part of it. And, you know, I think what we're seeing now is a result of probably feeling disconnected for so long. Um, in a weird twist, I think it also lends to more disconnection, ultimately. Um, because you're disconnecting from the actual world and living in a digital world, which is why I think something like the fucking metaverse is going to take off and people are going to fucking absolutely love it. 
for real that is why did anyone think that, that was going to be a good idea because if you're if you're doing it solely for a business venture it's a great idea because people are going to eat it up they're going to fucking love it doesn't it, it can be anything they want to like, be isn't that what we saw on wall in the movie wally doesn't matter we're all those but exactly. shouldn't it be like whoa that seems scary Sure, but no, it's too too much of a draw because people aren't getting the things that they need in their actual lives, in their immediate yeah. surroundings, and the people in their orbits. So they're taking it's everything in moderation. Annoying. It's like having this access to a world where you can find people who have the same interests and share those interests, especially when they're uh, a, a bit fringe. It's a nice thing. It's nice to be mm -hmm. able to do that. But like anything, you can go too much to the extreme and then you start to neglect your actual life instead of working on making those connections in your immediate world. But, you know, like you said, we've been on this path for a while while where most people mm -hmm. have it's just become impersonal overall. And then there have been varying degrees of how much people are even allowed to connect uh, to communities outside of their assigned roles. So the metaverse is going to fucking be huge. I hate it. I do not. I hope it's going to come about before we're dead. I think if we live our full lives, but I don't, I don't, I dread it. Well, um, we, you don't have to participate in it. Do you? It's going to be the norm. It's like us talking about phones earlier on. It's like, yeah. I don't have to have a smartphone. No, but it becomes increasingly, increasingly more difficult to exist without one. Right. You cut yourself off from a large portion of society. Like the only way to exist is going against what we're talking about here. You become like the the loner, the person who lives in the middle of the woods and doesn't interact. Even though you don't live in the middle of the woods, you can live in the middle of a fucking city, and it's like you're not mm. so connected to things anymore. Like so, yes, you can choose not to participate, but I don't. You know, moderation. Is I mean, not we already something... are kind of in that because so many people, and I am not excluding myself from this, are glued to their phones. Exactly. You know, so that's, that's, yeah, that's you're all still you not living in the real world right now. Exactly. That's all. That's what all this foraging and stuff has done for me is like connected me back to actual physical, like, interaction with the earth. Now there may be. <laughs> There may be pushback and a bit of a rebellion on that front where people are like, hey, I want to get back and connect to my immediate world. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's going to be big enough or powerful enough to offset. Well, theoretically, living in a type of metaverse can be so sort of could feel so good that I'd, we get bored with that and feeling good is meaningless. And the only way to feel the good is to to get off the metaverse and like torture yourself so that you can go back and enjoy the good. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you're already talking about years, if not decades of living in it and having it yeah. feature prominently in people's lives. And then there's like, hey, what is this? Because it's going to be too appealing at first. People are going to love it. And I, when we say metaverse, like that's just the Facebook one which I guess it's the meta ones that they named their con company meta now. And there's going to be competing meta. ones, which is going to be very strange because you're going to have 
different companies presenting different universes and you're going to have right. to figure out which one you want to spend most of your time like in. iphone or android yes and like you will yeah. be cut off from people that don't exist in the one that you chose weird which is a, a weird thing really weird until I'm something not gonna do it until something, i say i'm saying it now <laughs> that's i also fun. said i would never get on tiktok but here we are i think most people shouldn't do this but yeah it's going to be a reality. I don't know if the technology is good enough yet. It's not good enough yet, but we're going to get yet. there. It's going, yeah. it's happening and it's going to be too much of a draw because then people not only, you know, right now we're at the the point where people are becoming comfortable being who they are. Like this is who I am. These are all the weird things about me. And it's easy to find groups of people who are similar. And people are getting me getting more comfortable with that. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but soon it's going to be, oh, I can be anything I want to be. I can be totally different than I actually am. Right, right. And the ideal version of yourself will be accessible because you'll just go fucking buy a bunch of microtransactions in a VR universe and you'll buy- yeah, without ever. Yeah, <laughs> without ever having to do the actual work on yourself to get to a place that you want to be. That to me is frightening, yeah. and but that yeah. I think that's the draw. That's going to be unless unless we can get to the point where you know people don't feel like outcasts still, and and we've moved away from that a bit again because people have access, and you know there's more acceptance of people being who they are but i i don't i don't know i hate it i think uh, yeah it's it feels it feels scary not just because you know technology that is progressing past what we're used to is happening because i don't feel that way but what i do feel like is it's scary to think that people may live in a world that is not um that doesn't really involve the physical world. And that feels that feels um, like a bad idea. The idea of acknowledgement to tie that into this is there are at least physical limitations on what you can change about yourself. There, there, are, you know, actual points and lines you can't cross. You can't go past them if you want to be something that you're not. But in a world that's got infinite possibilities and the the level of acknowledgement you can get for creating a persona it's endless so then i think the pursuit becomes endless and the competition becomes even more fierce because there are no real limitations you can well, program this is like instagram. your instagram yeah well it's like you know you want to learn to play an instrument sure you can play the instrument maybe you're not good you learn to play. You're not good. There's people who learn to play. They're better than they're the ones who get to play and get the acknowledgement for playing the instrument. Um, mm -hmm. In a fake world, it's like I program myself to do it. I know how to do it best. And it's like everyone's just doing everything. <laughs> right. And then what are the things that you need to do to one up the other people? I don't even know. It's, that's rhetorical at this point. I don't know the answer to that. But then question. that becomes that becomes the goal instead of like personal fulfillment. You know, and it, it's like I'm saying, it's the same thing with like Instagram. You present a certain sort of version 
of yourself or people present that. And then you start to think that you're, you're not getting the full picture of what their lives are like. And then you're starting to judge your own life, not being a certain way. So exactly. Then this you is try the future. And, yeah. This is the future. We all have to take my picture. We all have to take our picture in front of the wings that are, you know, painted on the brick wall. Even people like me who try to resist it. Like I understand the appeal because my fake Instagram, the coolest guy in Brooklyn, which is supposed to be an anti-Instagram account, the guy who takes awful photos that are blurry or obscured or mm-hmm. just dumb and the comments are, you know, put out forth by this fictional arrogant character. Somewhere in my mind, there's like this fantasy. It's like, wouldn't that be great if I just had millions of followers because they liked this fake Instagram account that made fun yeah. of real Instagram accounts? Like I don't have a desire to present myself as I am or a fake version of me with pictures, a curated version, but there's enough of a desire to have people acknowledge some kind of work that I'm doing. Not Mm -hmm. that, you know, I I use that term loosely work when it comes to the stupid Instagram account, but you know that I've done it. It exists. It's there. I don't post that often, but it's not, not there. And, you know, <laughs> right, right. even yesterday I posted a really dumb video about uh, the heat being on using the song The Heat Is On because I turned on the heat in my apartment. And you made a video. You made the video and you had to edit the sound, the the the, the song. Sure. There was a little bit of work. You put in some work for that. There was a little bit of work that went into it. It wasn't much overall, uh-huh. but it was a little bit. And you post it. And then I checked it like for yesterday for a few hours. I was like checking it obsessively. And it's like, yeah, I'm a please. And the truth, like I only have, I don't even have that many followers on Instagram because the account is dormant for the most time, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, But still, I found myself. Come on, I want the likes. And I went so far to post the fucking video on Reddit and the subreddit, like in the funny subreddit. And it got removed by the mods for whatever reason. I don't know what rule I broke. I looked at the rules, but I was like, hey. You don't think it was the music? The copyright? It could have been the music. I I have no clue, yeah. but I, I read the rules. I thought it was fine. And then, yeah. then there was part of me that felt not sad, but it was like, oh, okay. Disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed that it yeah. got removed. Because why? What was the end game there? Wouldn't it be cool if this took off and became became some stupid thing that like thousands of people upvoted because they thought it was funny, right? So, and so, so you know, what is that drive? That's the thing. It's well, to it's, do that. It's, it's it's the same drive that everyone has. It's just some people are more prone to buying into it than others or being yeah. influenced by it. But it exists, and that's the that's the scary thing. Yeah, I don't think that there's anyone. I, tr- I try and keep it in check, you know. Yeah, but it's real work to keep it in check. And as I said, moderation is important in all this stuff, and people cannot be trusted to operate in moderation. I really do like I I do not trust the general public. Like the the video and that you kick this whole thing off, like this person mm-hmm. shows off their butt all the time. They know somewhere this is my thing. I'm I'm a butt. <laughs> my identity is my butt. <laughs> It's true. Am I wrong? I am a butt. Am I wrong? I don't notice that this person uh, shows off the butt. Well, uh, typically, but well, I I think so. And posting that is just leaning into the. I was gonna say the best asset, but that's not what. Oh. <laughs> that's I didn't want. I didn't want <laughs> it to be a pun. 
It's like leaning yeah. into the thing that can get the most acknowledgement. It's like, this is it. And I know this is it. So I'm going to put it out there. It's it's the only way that I would respect it if it were done ironically. Because if it's done in earnest, it just feels so empty. Which has a place, you know, but... It, we all just lean into there. what we think we best have to offer. I, I, I the, me, it's like, what can I offer the best? This irreverent fucking Instagram account. Yeah. That's what I feel like I can offer better than other things in my life. You is your pumpkin and your love <laughs> yeah. for this weird YouTube star. He's really great. I'm sure like, I'm Kim, not, I'm not, you don't need to defend him and say that he's not. But it's it's I think a simple answer that as to why, but then it becomes a very complex conversation, and ultimately I think it does not lead to anything good for humanity. Um, you know, there was a point in time when the idea of being productive and good at your career, like that, was just the easiest way to set yourself apart. Everyone's just fucking trying to prove something. That's all it's yeah. ever been. You talk about, you know, the great buildings and architects and the, the, ultimately it was someone trying to show off and one up someone else. That's what it boiled down to. And now the playing field has just expanded a bit. It doesn't have yep. to be your career. It doesn't, you know, it, it it's wide open. So people are playing in many different arenas, but everyone just wants to prove that they are more worthy of being noticed and lauded than other people i agree and i think also like i was thinking the sort of the opposite of what people do where you know like they post like sexual pictures of themselves that feels very desperate and like maybe like low self-esteem you know because this is what i have to offer is like the sex appeal personally me on my instagram not trying to post like thirst trap pictures is also signaling to say like I am more than a sexuality. Do you know what I mean? So like even not doing something is also doing something. Yes. I think it's kind of sad that we've put it on people that if they their approach for attention is sexual that it's sad whereas mm -hmm. you know all these lame ass one line Twitter jokes aren't sad. But it's the same thing. People are after the same thing, ultimately. Yeah. But that's the more acceptable way. Everyone's a fucking lame-ass comedian these days. It's, that's pretty much where we've landed. That that's okay. But that person, you know, even the way I talked about, you know, the twerking originally. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. there was there was a uh, criticism in an underlying criticism in the way I was talking about it. And it's not necessarily fair because it's no different. Right. It's no different well, than I an know. idiot who posts a picture of the heating system in their apartment set to the heat is on. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, but I feel the same way. Like I felt judgy and then I sort of judged my judgment to say like, what am I doing then? What's the purpose of me posting anything? Yeah, that's fair. Anyone, the, yeah. the only room you have to criticize is if you haven't posted anything ever in your life and you really have zero accounts. But at that point, you wouldn't even be seeing this stuff because as someone right. who <laughs> isn't necessarily active in posting, I'm obviously on it enough to see things. So uh -huh. 
And you wouldn't have any context for what people post because then you would be like the people who are afraid to go to the airport because they think everyone is causing a scene, you know, not wearing a mask and screaming and getting pulled off planes. Like that is a teensy percentage of what happens at airports. You know what I mean? It's no, it's typically like people are just trying to get on. The train. You know what I mean? So if you if you don't know anything, then you only hear the worst things. And so you think everyone is this and it's not the case. Yes, it does get outsized, but um, I don't, I, you know, I, to wrap this up, the feeling is like I mentioned before, is just the ability to disappear into a space, meaning a bar or a theater or just you're off the map. Nobody really knows Mm -hmm. where you are. The fact that that does not exist these days is something that it bothers me. Like I, well, I, have you heard about people going on like tech tech diets? Sure, but see, now it's a big thing. It's a thing you like. The natural state of things has changed to the point right. where it's a, called a tech diet. It's like I don't necessarily want to partake in something that's that much work, or that you're removing yourself so much from the way society works that it makes your life a little more difficult. I just long for a time that I didn't yeah. really. I lived in when I was a kid, but I never really got to experience as an adult, um, you know, and so this this longing for a thing that probably is romanticized a bit because I didn't get to experience it fully. But that's where I wish I could go. The fact that it doesn't exist is bothersome and looking at the future and seeing how it's only going to get worse. You know, I guess maybe. The you just don't live in it. You don't have to live in it. Even now you can, you know, go somewhere and turn off your phone. You can, but there's an anxiety that it induces because we have been trained. But then you work through that. We've you know been I mean? trained. It's like, what if someone's trying to reach me? I don't want to worry the person. Well, who's people will know me. where you are, so they could call a place. I'm sure. <laughs> I just. I don't know. But I don't want to have to report to everyone where I am. Like it, that is a thing. Where people you, need don't. to constantly. That's what I'm saying. Like you can do it, even when people are in the metaverse or whatever, whatever we're conceiving of it turning into. I feel like there's going to be a like you can just turn it off. Possibly, it just creates more of a problem. You can just turn it off, but yeah. it's like a, it stirs a bunch of. No, it's the same. It's the same sort of thing that people are doing now. Where like, I don't know, people like young people aren't having sex because it's like weird to interact with another human. Yeah. People aren't doing that. <laughs> it's true. It is awkward. It's an awkward act. Marrying their pillows. It's, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, I think one of the good things that comes out of it is less kids will be born. Population will hopefully start to decrease. Yeah. Then there's more, I don't know, resources for me. Yeah, more oil. More oil for you. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, turn off your phones if you want to. Unless you listen <laughs> unless you listen to this podcast on your phone. Yeah, don't turn off your phone. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, everyone. Uh, please support our sponsor, hopandpepper.com. Uh, get some delicious hot sauce from the world-famous Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, you can use our code one top. Like 15 for 15% off some locally made hot sauce. Also, watch uh, celebrities' reactions to trying this hot sauce uh, on uh, Hot Ones on YouTube. So you can check that out. And uh, they're featured uh, their sauce on 
that show. So you could check that out and watch it and enjoy. And uh, thank you. That's it. Do you have something, Greg? Nope. Okay, bye.